Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. number 877-381-3811 you know folks uh, I listen more than I usually would to the various comments and thoughts debates regarding uh, Russia's war and what they're doing in Ukraine and elsewhere and I get the sense that a lot of these elitist commentators, um, it's okay if Ukraine loses. Now, they're going to show that they are passionate and emotionally connected to the Ukrainian people. They think it's horrible what's taking place. They think it's horrible what's happening in the cities. The shelling of evacuation routes the shelling of towns and cities, cutting off travel paths and, and food routes, escalating their targeting of citizens the way Putin did in Syria, the way Putin did with the Chechnyans, because this is what he does. And I, and I hear these people, and I watch these people. It's terrible what's happening to Ukraine, and it's terrible what's happening to these people. And that's about it. They talk about the Ukrainian people being brave people, that they're putting up a bigger fight than Putin must have imagined, that Putin bit off more than he can chew, but it's only a matter of time. And then they're done, and they go off, eat their apples and their cookies in the green room or during a break on radio or what have you. I think, what kind of fools are we dealing with in this country? And that any step that is taken 
significant step that may change the perceived and expected outcome of this war. That is, that Ukraine may actually hold Russia to a uh, neutral situation or actually may push them back is unimaginable. And certainly we shouldn't participate in that. Because if the Ukrainians are able to actually own their, uh, hold their own or push back the Russians with assistance from us, well then, Russia might get angry and shoot nukes at us. Now some of you who are old enough have a, seems to me, responsibility to speak out against what you're hearing. The old Soviet Union had a lot of nuclear weapons. A lot of nuclear weapons. And we took them on through satellite battles all over the world. In virtually every continent. As they did us. As they did us. They supported the Nicaraguan communists. They supported the Bolivian communists, of course, originally the Cuban communists, and more. And more. They supported the communists in Angola. We supported the other side, the freedom fighters in Nicaragua, the freedom fighters in Bolivia. We supported the freedom fighters in Angola. We also supported efforts to with the Northern Alliance, among others, to take out Russia and Afghanistan, to bleed them dry, which we did. All over the Middle East, all over Asia, the United States and the Soviet Union. Reagan said we can have victory over the Soviet Union, and the same mentality you're hearing now was said back then by the elitist establishment, which pretends not to be the elitist establishment, which pretends to be America Firsters. But they're not. They're the elitist establishment. That sounds like the elitist establishment. Reagan came in and broke up that whole mindset. He said, no, we're going to push back. Whether it's Libya or Afghanistan, whether it's Angola, whether it's in our own hemisphere, we're going to push back. We're going to open up areas where we're going to press and take the offense. And that's what we did. Didn't lead to a nuclear war. Russia invaded Afghanistan. They paid a horrendous price, 100,000 casualties. And we can go on and on. But the idea that Russia invades Ukraine and doesn't expect the United States to do more than it's done is really idiotic. I want to bring you up to speed on the latest breaking news about these MiG-29s that Poland does in fact want to provide Ukraine. Poland, which is far more exposed than we are, than France is, than England is, than Germany is, they're right on the damn border. And God knows how many times they've been invaded. Poland wants to give MiG-29s, send them to our air base in Germany, and then Germany can provide those planes to the Ukrainian pilots, but they want to have those planes 
replaced with F-16s or some, some equivalent. Turns out we don't have enough F-16s, ladies and gentlemen. Did you know that? I hadn't known that. I mean, I, you can assume that we're underfunding the military, so these things are occurring. So when it comes directly to our own defense, we don't have enough F-16s. I know they're older, and they're kind of being rolled out of the system, but they're still the core to our air attack system, the F-16s. There are others, don't get me wrong, other types of jets. That's number one. Number two, why wouldn't we provide these jets? It turns out the United States and NATO have not said yes, and in fact, the Pentagon spokes idiot who was involved in the disaster with Afghanistan, he said, very unlikely we fear direct conflict. There is no direct conflict. What they fear is Putin. What they fear is his propaganda. What they fear is Putin saying, okay, now you're allowing them to use MiG-29s. Well, they're not our 29s. They're Poland's. We didn't even build them. The Russians did. So every effort at effectively empowering the Ukrainian freedom fighters to defend their country and their families and their lives is now said to be an escalation. I, Hannity, Lindsey Graham have talked about taking out Putin. Others have as well. That's an escalation. But he's free to take out the president of Ukraine or anybody else he wants to take out. And so I just want people in this country to understand, if you're embracing these arguments, you're embracing what will ultimately be then the genocide of the Ukrainian people. Because to say out of one side of your mouth, this is a horrible thing, it needs to be stopped, it ought to be addressed, the Ukrainian people are great people, they're proud people, to give examples of heroism that's taking place, to show the photos of what's happening to these cities, how they're being bombed out, and on and on and on. And then to say, but we really can't do too much under the scent. Rifles and pistols, you know, maybe some drones. And then these same people say, why is this 40-mile caravan? Why isn't it attacked? What's the problem? Attack with what? They don't have enough drones. They don't have enough javelins. And they're asking for MiGs so they can straight the hell out of it and knock it out. Well, you know, Putin's mentioned nuclear war. Lavrov has mentioned nuclear war, his uh, foreign ambassador, his foreign affairs uh, minister, rather. As I said here yesterday, and I said on Hannity last night, and I said on Levin TV, if Putin wanted to launch a nuclear missile, what's stopping him? Well, mutual assured destruction. Okay, that's always stopping him. In other words, if his mindset, if he's so deranged that he's willing to use a nuclear missile, why wait? Why not use it now? Why not use it now? Rather than have your army have some setbacks on its way to quote-unquote victory. Why not use it now? Because he doesn't want to use it now. He never wants to use it. These people are narcissists. 
They're not interested in what the history books say about them. They're interested in power today and tomorrow and the next day. Because if they don't hold power, they're going to get killed. There's many people in the closets with stilettos just waiting to cut this guy's throat. Generals, intelligence exe- uh, officials, mafia, oligarchs, the same type of people that he has killed. Part of the problem is the people who are commenting have literally no knowledge of what they speak. None. That's not to say I'm perfect. I'm not. Ask anybody. But that's not the point either. The point is that this is not how you respond to a genocidal murderer who seeks to blow out the Ukrainian people. That's what he's doing. You know what he's doing? To quote the inane Joe Biden. You know what he's doing? He's trying to destroy Ukraine from the bottom up and the middle out. You ever hear Biden talk about that when it comes to the economy, Rich? Makes no sense. Nobody knows what he, bottom up, middle out. What's this mean? It's a fortune cookie phrase that Biden remembers. But militarily, when you're talking about attacking a population, attacking a country, attacking these families and these kids and these schools and these hospitals, unprovoked, utterly unprovoked, Ukraine doesn't even have a nuclear weapon. They gave them up in a deal in 1994, as I have explained to the world. Here's the thing. Putin takes that effectively, and he wants to destroy Ukraine from the bottom up and the middle out. He's attacking the population centers. He's trying to cut off the food convoys. He's shelling these so-called evacuation routes that he already agreed to. He's trying to force the hand of the government to surrender by destroying the people they represent, as many as humanly possible, by uprooting them, by creating millions and millions of refugees, by attacking their hospitals and their schools, by starving them to death, by cutting off clean water. That's what he's doing. That's what he's done before. And what you're getting from so-called analysis on TV and radio and in writing is, God, this is just terrible, but we have to be careful. Why? Nobody's sending sending ground troops. Nobody's saying that. Nobody's saying a no-fly zone for NATO or America. We're saying give them the tools they need to defend themselves. Why don't we want them to win? Why don't we want them to take out as many tanks and airplanes and Russian troops as possible why don't we want this to end in Ukraine rather than spread through NATO isn't that a good thing why don't we want to send a signal to Xi in China and the Islamo-Nazis in Tehran and elsewhere in the world isn't that a good thing isn't that how you stop war isn't that how you prevent world wars of course it's exactly what you do when we come back oil We're going to cut off Russian oil. We're going to cut off Russian oil, and the Democrats are warning us that the price is going to go up as a result. Well, what about the other half? Producing 
American oil. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Breitbart. Poland U-Turns will donate fighter jets to Ukraine via U.S. immediately and free of charge. There's one problem. The U.S. has not agreed. Last week, the Polish government asserted that sending major offensive weapons like fighter jets to Ukraine would be tantamount to joining the conflict and that NATO was not at war with Russia. Poland will send its entire fleet of MiG-29, listen to this, fighter jets to the U.S. Air Force Base and Ramstein in Germany, the Polish government said in a shock statement Tuesday evening, remarking the aircraft were ready to be handed over immediately and free of charge. The, amounts, the announcement is confirmation of discussions cited by U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who said at the weekend that he was looking very actively at a scheme to get Poland to donate the jets. And yet today, the spokesman, that jerk over there at the Pentagon, said they're not really uh, interested in doing this. I've never seen anything like this. There's genocide being committed in Ukraine. The second biggest city that had about 2 million people has been obliterated. The third biggest city on the coast is being obliterated. Kiev is being surrounded. The Russian army might be slow. There may be a lot of problems. Certainly not as good as ours and on and on and on. They are stuck in certain places. They are advancing in other places. But the fight is taking place in Ukraine, in their cities. The people are being targeted. It's like FDR denying people the right to come to the United States or the right to defend themselves up against the Third Reich. It's just unbelievable to me. I'll be back. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. 
I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. The new American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. Over at Breitbart, they point out that although the MiG-29s are not the most advanced or effective fighters, NATO could theoretically supply to Ukraine. They have the key advantage of being an airframe Ukraine already operates. So Ukrainian pilots, ground crews, supply chains would be ready to operate donated aircraft straight away. Now, just to show you how honorable the the Polish government is, uh, the F-16s are actually older than the MiG-29s, just so you know. I think the F-16s are better jets, but it's not like they're necessarily trading up in terms of age and so forth. But this is a key distinction from the manned, portable, anti-air and anti-armor rockets that Western countries have given to Ukraine in huge numbers in recent weeks, which generally can be taught to a new user in a day and have no logistical infrastructure. The United States has repeatedly made its support for Poland giving away its fighter jets clear, they write, but the United Kingdom joined the drumbeat less specifically, essentially writing Warsaw a blank check that Britain would support the Poles in whatever choice they made. And yet, as of this evening, our Pentagon said the choice was no. No. Now, I'll tell you what that means. I think a lot of these things are debated and discussed underneath the level of Biden. And then it gets to Biden, and Biden's making his final decision. And the Biden decision is always indecision. Biden didn't make the decision to ban Russian oil. Other countries did it before him. Other countries did it before him. Biden didn't make the decision to provide some support to the Ukrainians. Other countries came first. Biden had plenty of time to do it before the Ukrainians were even invaded. Which raises another question. If we had supplied the Ukrainians as they had asked before they were invaded, how would that have started World War II? It wouldn't. It wouldn't have, and yet we didn't. This was a major blunder. Just as not giving them the M, the MiG-29s is a major blunder. I don't want to hear any more. Why are they allowing that 40-mile tank and personnel carrier envoy just sit there? Why are they letting it sit there? Shouldn't they hit it? That comes out of one side of the mouth of these analysts, and then out of the other side is they don't want them to have the equipment to hit it. Because it might be escalating. It might be provocative. In the end, it's the pacifists who cause war. Because the pacifists, the isolationists, and that includes the Putin wing of the media and the Putin wing of the Republican Party and so forth. There's only one side that they prevent from being properly armed and properly defending themselves, and that is the side of liberty. Us. Or our allies. The other side doesn't care what they say. 
The other side is not moved by what they say. The other side is not worried in any respect about what they say in terms of perceptions and escalations. In fact, they play right into it. You either let them win by brutality, by genocide, by inhumanity, however it is, or we might use our nuclear weapons. And so, this is, this is what appears to resonate. Even though they have no intention of using their nuclear weapons. That's what MAD was all about. That's what it was all about. And yet, if you follow their logic, we're doomed too. What happens if Russia moves into Romania? Or moves into one of the Baltic states? Or moves into Hungary? Or moves into Romania? What happens? What happens if they take more than one inch of NATO territory? Will our view change then? Oh yes, Mark, it will. That's not going to change Putin, is it? What if he says, I'm doing this, and if you do anything, I'm going to shoot a nuclear missile at the United States? What happens then? You see what I'm saying, Mr. Producer? This kind of intimidation and threat has no end. But this is what I wanted to add. Why aren't we arming up Taiwan to the teeth right now? China hasn't attacked Taiwan yet, even though they will. There are no Chinese soldiers in Taiwan. Isn't now the time to arm Taiwan to the teeth? Well, Mark, this is the answer that you'll hear. We might provoke them to attack Taiwan. So there's no defending really effectively. Effectively, that's the key word, our allies. There's really no defending our allies effectively. Whether they're part of NATO or not. What happens when the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran gets nuclear warheads, which they are absolutely certain to do if this keeps up? And apparently it is. It's going to be enshrined. And they say, stop supporting Israel. Stop supporting the Arab Gulf states. Or we're going to consider this an escalation. Israel, stop hitting Hezbollah. Stop hitting Hamas. Stop defending Jerusalem from the uh, Palestinian terrorists. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. We now have nuclear weapons. What are we going to do then, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, it's none of our business. You see the problem that we're creating for ourselves. What if North Korea invades South Korea? We do have about 23,000, 24,000 troops there, you know. None of our business. Who cares about that anymore? Big deal. Well, what do we care about? This line about we don't protect our own borders, so we shouldn't worry about anybody else's. The reason we worry about other people's borders is because we worry about our borders. That's why. We worry about our sovereignty. We worry about our safety. We worry about our national security. That's why we care. That's why we used to engage the Soviet Union on every continent on the face of the earth. And it was successful. 
The Soviet Union fell. Decades of peace. And yet this newest crowd on TV and radio, this newest crowd, many in Congress, but certainly in the White House, they don't want Putin to fall. So when somebody says the obvious, that somebody ought to take out Putin, when somebody says the obvious, it's controversial. When Putin wants to take out the president of Ukraine, it's not controversial. Oh, that's Putin. What do you expect? When did we become so debased? The answer is we didn't. The vast majority of Americans agree with what I'm saying and agree with you. The vast majority of Americans agree with what I'm saying and agree with you. How do we know? We looked at surveys the other day, remember? Overwhelming majority of Republicans. But still, Democrats and independents as well. Because people aren't stupid. You cannot hide from people who want to destroy your way of life. And destroy the way of life of your allies as a way of getting to you at some point. Putin's goal isn't merely to take Ukraine. That's not his ultimate goal. His ultimate goal, as James Carafano pointed out on my show on Sunday night, he, a 25-year combat veteran and veteran of other events, retired lieutenant colonel, brilliant man, he said, look, this is, Putin wants to destroy NATO. And so do a lot of people in this country. And they think Trump did. Trump didn't want to destroy NATO. He wanted NATO to pay for itself. And in the end, that was very, very important, wasn't it? NATO was stronger when Trump left than when he came to office. It was stronger than when Trump left than when George W. Bush and the other rhinos were in charge. But Putin wants NATO to collapse. He wants to control Europe. That's what he wants. Or why be involved in Ukraine? What, I mean, why be involved in Ukraine if you don't want more? And that's the point. He does want more. How do we know? He has said so. He's written so over the summer. He means what he says. He wrote it. 5,000 words. Read it. Read it. I don't want to hear what this idiot spokesman for our Pentagon has to say. That guy, they lied to us about the surrender in Afghanistan. Still 9,000 American citizens over there. It's really appalling. We're going to listen to him and them? And China wants this to go on. Because if our allies are undermined, the NATO alliance is undermined, his buddy Putin, part of the axis of evil, is ultimately successful in his expansionism. Xi sees a weakened Europe, a weakened United States that will not have the ability to muster the courage to defend Taiwan. And more than Taiwan. Xi's ultimate goal isn't Taiwan. It's to control the economic activity 
half the world's activity that flows through the South China Sea. It's to control the North China Sea and Japan's access to trade routes. And Xi has reached out. He's built a naval base effectively in Africa. They have contracts on the Panama Canal. And we can go on, of course. What's that all about? They don't look election to election because they don't have elections, ladies and gentlemen. They don't look election to election. They're looking 10 years, 20 years, 100 years in advance. That's what they're doing. Why? Because they don't have to worry about election cycles. That's why. And that's what they're doing. When you understand the bigger picture, as most of the commentators do not, then you understand why it all matters to us. And why this president is a disgrace and a disaster. Why his decisions have left wide open the doors to our enemies. Why they're cocky, why they're aggressive, why they're on the move, and why even our commentators are shaking in their boots and wetting themselves. America firsters my ass. Doesn't it sound like it to me? I'll be right back. in. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket Constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Even I don't know how I do a radio show. The enormous number of distractions. Now that said... This was just sent to me. What did I do? Just lose the damn thing? I think I did. Hold on one second. It appears, not it appears, it's a fact that, uh, let me get my email. It just came up with a transom. That um, the, the, the Saudis, let's see here, and the Emirati leaders will not take calls from Joe Biden during the Ukraine crisis, the Wall Street Journal's reporting. The Saudi and Emirati leaders, and of course they produce oil and gas. Now why is it that they won't take calls from Joe Biden? Are you offended by this? Because you shouldn't be. 
I'll tell you what they're offended by. He's about to cut a deal with their grave enemy, Iran. He's about to empower Iran to have nuclear weapons, which obviously threatens the very existence of these countries. Moreover, he wants to pressure them to produce more oil. Why would a country produce more oil when the United States has cut its energy-independent oil production? I mean, he's out there pressuring allies to produce more oil. I'll tell you why. Because Biden is a two-faced con man. Biden wants to be able to say to his radicals right here in this country that he's really embracing climate change and that clown, John Kerry, running around the world making an ass out of himself. They want to be able to say that they've held true to alternative energy sources while at the same time pushing other countries to produce more oil and I assume more carbon dioxide, but he can... He can pretend his hands are clean. These countries aren't playing games. They're thinking, you just shut down half your oil rings, you mo- your rigs, you moron. And you're dangerous. You're like playing with fire. Everything you touch turns to crap. So they want nothing to do with him. None of our allies do. If they can avoid him, they're going to avoid him. That's what's going on. Who can blame the Saudis and the Emiratis for not taking his call? Honest to God. The guy is is a one-man wrecking ball, not just for our country, for the entire world. Biden announces ban on Russian oil into the United States. First of all, he's like the 18th presidential, quote-unquote, leader to do so. But number two, unless we're producing our own oil, that will be backfilled by the Iranians, by the Venezuelans, by our enemies. In fact, word is he's pressing the Venezuelans to produce more oil and sell it to us in Europe. So we're making friends with our enemies because this clown and his administration won't drill in the United States. I shall return. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know... You can't talk a fool off their stupid comments. You just can't. That's why when some people say to me, well, you know, why are you short with some of these calls? If somebody wants to have a discussion, I'm all for it. But if somebody's a fool, life is short. Why bang your head against the law? Why aggravate yourself? And Biden is one of those people. 
Biden's been dumb his whole life, ladies and gentlemen. It didn't just start in old age. He's been a slow learner. He's been a chameleon. He's been a survivor his entire life. That's it. It's what he is. And here he is today, three, Mr. Producer. Here he is today. It's simply not true that his policies are holding back domestic energy production. Cut three, go. It's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. That's simply not true. Even amid the pandemic. So there is, he lies, just lies through his teeth. Lies through his, his false teeth. Biden signed executive orders early on. He directed his Department of Interior... BLM in particular, he directed his Environmental Protection Agency to prevent oil companies from doing what oil companies do. They try to find oil. A new technology came afoot after decades and decades of failures, but try and try again by our magnificent energy industry and our capitalist system. It's called fracking. It's actually called fracturing, but fracking. And it made it possible to get enormous amounts of fuel that otherwise would have been left underground. In fact, had been left. That, and the opening up of so many additional federal areas in Anwar and supporting pipelines, resulted in capital investment resources being applied to fracking and other forms of domestic production. North Dakota, of all places. And I like North Dakota. Never been there, but I like it. Maybe I'll escape there one day. Um, became full employment. South Dakota, full employment. You folks know this. The price of fuel went down. It was very, very predictable, relatively cheap. Nobody really thought about it. Nobody really debated it. These people have said they want to drive up the cost of electricity. They have said they want to drive up the cost of fuel, and they have. This war between uh, Russia, the attack by Russia, the invasion, and Ukraine has been going on for about three weeks. The price of fuel and energy across the board didn't just happen in three weeks when Putin invaded Ukraine. It's been going on, ladies and gentlemen, throughout the Biden presidency. Because he has turned loose government regulators, government lawyers, red tape, bureaucraties, to make it incredibly difficult to drill on leases that have already been, earned, already been given, And to get new leases, you have to build a whole infrastructure. You have to build a road system. You have to use trucks. You have to bring equipment. You've got to do all these things. It doesn't happen overnight. And he says, what's the big deal? I'm not stopping them. I'm not stopping them. But he has stopped them. Half as many oil rigs are working today as they were in the last months of of the Trump administration. And oil companies... Or in business to produce oil. They're not in business to create shortages. 
Here, the federal government is creating shortages. The Biden administration, they're driving up the price of fuel. Really quite remarkable. So he says, it's not true. I didn't do this. It's not true. He's such a, a disgusting, habitual, serial liar. He's been that way his entire pathetic political life. That's the truth. And you people on Twitter can stick it. Most of you have. Go ahead, Mr. Producer. They pumped more oil during my first year in office than they did during my predecessor's first year. Hey, We're... hey, hey. We heard that already. What are you, a puppet? We've pumped more oil in my first year in office. Listen to this. I'll break it down. Than my predecessor's first year. They so ate Trump they can't even say his name. I just told you how much is involved in drilling. There's a period of time where you have to commit the resources, build the infrastructure to drill. Particularly in new leases or old leases that otherwise were obstructed by the government or somebody. But this is what I mean, the slick talk, the lies. We have drilled more in my first year than my predecessor's first year. Donald Trump had to reverse the Obama-Biden war on energy in his first year. He had to find out what regulations were in place, what regulations to eliminate and reverse. They had to litigate in court against the environmental groups, mostly Democrats. They had to do all these things. All these things. To open up the lands and Anwar and so forth to drill. That takes about a year, maybe two years. Now, Biden didn't have to do any of those things in his first year. He shut them down. So when he says, we have drilled more in my first year than in Trump's first year, look what a slime ball he is. Look what a slime ball he is. He didn't say we've drilled more in my first year than in Trump's last year, did he? No, because he can't. He didn't say we drilled more in my first year than in Trump's second year or third year, did he? No, because he can't. So they screw around with the stats, they screw around with reality, and there's enough morons in this country that will fall for it. See that? He drilled more in his first year than Trump did. Go ahead. You know, record levels of oil and gas production in the United States, and we're on track to set a record of oil production next year. No. Uh, the production is going to go down because of the rules that are in place. Again, takes time to build up, takes time to wind down. Go ahead. In the United States, 90% of onshore oil production takes place on land that isn't owned by the federal government. And of the remaining 10%... Why is that? Because they won't let them do it. About 25% of the landmass of the United States is owned and controlled by the federal government, including energy-rich areas, whether for coal, oil, natural gas, and so forth and so on. The vast majority, 25% is owned by the federal government. 
90% of onshore oil production takes place on land that isn't owned by the federal government, he says. Because they won't open up the federal land to drilling and domestic production. Every bit of drilling that occurs on private property is regulated by the federal government. Every drop of it. It can't even enter the economy until it's processed. Cleaned, basically. According to rules put out by the Environmental Protection Agency. The federal government controls every drop of fuel in this country. How it's refined, where it's refined, when it's refined, how it's moved, how much can be moved at any time. So the man sits there, stands there, and just lies through his teeth. Go ahead. It occurs on federal land. The oil and gas industry has millions of acres leased. They have 9,000 permits to drill now. They could be drilling right now, yesterday, last week. When were all these permits given out? 9,000 permits. But they're not allowed to. Go ahead. They have 9,000 to drill onshore that are already approved. So let me be clear. Let me be clear. They are not using them for production now. That's their decision. These are the facts. We should be honest about the facts. We should be honest, ladies and gentlemen. But he's not honest. Now, here's the other thing he's not telling you. 9,000. The right to drill 9,000 on 9,000 leases, correct? You don't necessarily know in advance when you get a leasehold and you've paid for it and you're an oil company, whether there's oil there or not. It's a risk. Federal government hasn't checked out all its land and say, okay, here's 9,000 permits. Go over there. That's where the oil is. They have people who try to figure it out, try to... I mean, most of the time when they dig and drill for oil, they don't come up with oil. So when you say there's 9,000 leases, 9,000 permits actually is what he's saying. They have 9,000 permits to drill. That doesn't mean anything. That's That's an irrelevancy. How many oil wells have been shut down that are tapping into fossil fuels? have been shut down since your administration, Mr. President. How many? Half of them. Why is that? Because you want to drive up the price. Because you speak out of one side of your mouth and the other side of your mouth. You do not want people using fossil fuels. You say you don't want people using fossil fuels. Then you say the oil companies are free to drill all they want. It's a lie. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. 
said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does, and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. See, ladies and gentlemen, we need to transition to clean energy. I don't understand what this means. Let's listen to this, and then maybe somebody can explain this to me. Cut four, go. This crisis is a stark reminder to protect our economy over the long term. We need to become energy independent. I've had numerous conversations over the last three months with our European friends of how they have to be, wean themselves off of Russian oil. It's just not. It's just not. These guys tenable. throw this stuff out. Sounds so lovely. I don't understand something, Mr. Producer in America. Is he not the president of the United States? Is he not in charge of the Department of Energy? Is he not in charge of the Department of the Interior? Is he not in charge of the Environmental Agency? Does he not have a majority in the House and the Senate? Well, what does he mean, we? What is it that he wants to do? Go do it. Where's all this solar energy? Where is it? Where's all the wind energy? Where is it? Go ahead. Who's stopping you? What do you mean, we? What do you want us to do? What do you want... Mr. and Mrs. America to do. We're paying more for fuel, thanks to you. We're paying more for heat, thanks to you. We're paying more for electricity, thanks to you. What do you want us to do? We're paying more for automobiles, trying to work, trying to make a living, trying to provide for our families. We don't want to just subsist. We want to live like real Americans. So what do you want us to do, Joe? What is it that you're going to do? Spend more money? Create more programs, hire more bureaucrats, redistribute wealth, raise taxes on us. What is it exactly, Joe, step by step, how you intend to institute this? Electric vehicles, Joe, they cost more than most people can afford. And by the way, what's this guy's name, Musk? Is that his name, Mr. Producer? Elon Musk? He keeps having meetings with electric car companies like GM and Ford and so He keeps cutting Musk out because Musk is non-union. And yet Musk is the brain power behind the whole thing. That's how serious Joe Biden is, ladies and gentlemen. And how are we to transition? How are we to build a bridge from one source of energy? This industrialized society where the energy is built around, uh, our engine is built around the energy of fossil fuels. They have no answer on how to transition from one to the other, on how to create enough of the other. They just keep talking and talking. They know how to destroy energy production. They don't know how to create energy. So where are we going to go with this? It's a stark reminder that we need the transition to clean energy. And what do they mean by clean energy? Where are we going to get this clean energy from? Go ahead. It should motivate us to accelerate the transition to clean energy. This is a perspective that our European allies share. Oh, 
and the future where together they're freezing in Europe. They're relying on Putin. Is there something they're doing on Europe that we should copy? That we should embrace? What is it exactly? Should we build a pipeline to Putin? This is what I mean. This isn't a leader. Should be doing what the Europeans are doing. What are they doing? Taxing themselves into oblivion? Go ahead. Greater independence. Loosening environmental regulations or pulling back clean energy investment won't. Let me explain. Won't. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. These aren't environmental regulations. They're killer regulations. They're degrowth regulations. He just finished saying, did he not, that the oil companies are free to do whatever they want. And then he just finished saying, we can't pull back on our regulations. The federal government isn't making our air cleaner. The federal government's not making our water cleaner. Tell me, where is the Office of Technology, cutting-edge technology at the EPA or the Interior Department, that's making our technology cleaner? Who are these experts getting these patents? Who are these scientists? What are their names? How come they're not getting awards? Who are they? There aren't any. Mr. and Mrs. America are doing this in the private sector. Go ahead. Lower energy prices for families. But transforming our economy to run on electric vehicles powered by clean energy with tax credits. Electric vehicles need what? Electricity? They need special batteries? Where are they coming from, these batteries? And they don't know how to dispose of these batteries. You want to know why, Mr. Producer? They have hazardous materials in them, like Certain kinds of acid. Where do we dispose of it? They create these myths. And these automobiles, are they going to have steel and aluminum and rubber in them? Where does that come from? But where does electricity come from, America? It comes mostly from other kinds of fuels. Or hydroelectric plants, but they've been busy tearing down the dams. Ladies and gentlemen, these people are nuts. They're taking the greatest economic power on the face of the earth, and they are unraveling it. He didn't give you a single answer for a single thing. You want to know why? There is none. They have none. And on top of that, he's deranged. I'll be right back. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. Said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does, and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You know, Putin's such a punk. 
he's such a punk when you think about it, when you strip away all the BS. He's more than happy to invade a weaker neighbor that doesn't have the weaponry that he does. But if that neighbor dares to try and acquire old MiG 29s, old MiG 29s, just to have a fighting shot at it, Putin threatens, oh, no, we can't do that. In other words, this guy, he couldn't win a fair fight if his life depended on it. The Russian economy is basically a third world economy. It's not a diverse economy. He's run it into the ground. He's stolen from his people blind, absolutely blind. He's a multi-billionaire, as are the oligarchs that kiss his ass. And, uh, The Ukrainians, no, no, you can't give them MiG-29s, these older fighter jets. What would happen to us? By the way, I'm so sick of these phony retired lieutenant colonels who come on. I like the good ones. It's the phony ones who go on there and are as stupid as hell. Just plain stupid. Just unbelievable. I can't even believe they reached the rank of lieutenant colonel, some of these people. Putin didn't attack Ukraine because Ukraine wanted to be part of NATO. Read what he wrote last summer. Like Patton said about Rommel when he was defeating him in North Africa. I read your damn book. Read what he wrote. He wants to destroy NATO. There's no question about that. Any more than when he invaded Georgia or took over the Crimea. I mean, this is so stupid that that people in this country, Lieutenant Colonel's retired, regurgitate these lies, the propaganda. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, This is from, uh, what is this from? World Israel News. IRGC plot to assassinate former top U.S. officials revealed. Do you know this is in today's news? Haptip Julie Levin. In today's news, the United States has solid evidence of an Iranian plot to assassinate two former top government officials but is refraining from legal action because the administration is afraid of torpedoing a nuclear deal with the Islamic Republic. The Washington Examiner reported. According to the news magazine source in the Department of Justice, American officials uncovered a plan by at least two members of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, Quds Force, you understand this is Iran, to kill former National Security Advisor John Bolton, and former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. According to the source, the men had engaged in serious reconnaissance of their targets and had even tried to hire an assassin on U.S. soil. The Americans, who knew what was going on already in an early stage, countered by assigning Bolton a full-time Secret Service detail either late last year or early this year with high level of enhancement capability, said the report. Pompeo has been guarded intensely since he left office at the end of the Trump administration, This ongoing, unusual protection has been granted due to the express threats made against him 
by Iranian leaders for his role in the January 2020 assassination in Iraq of the Quds Force commander, Major General Qassem Soleimani. Former President Donald Trump and his former Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper, were two others named as, on Iran's revenge list as far back as September 2020. The hawkish, openly anti-clerical Bolton, and it goes on. Wow. You mean the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran wants to assassinate former American officials? Wow. And the current Biden administration is negotiating with that administration? And the current Biden administration is working through Putin, who wants to assassinate the president and other officials in Ukraine? The insanity of what's taking place here is unbelievable. Joe Biden should be impeached. Kamala Harris should be impeached because she's incapable, she's unqualified to be the vice president, let alone the president of the United States. This is a sickening, sickening piece of history that's being created here. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And this constant Marxist attack on our economic system and our American companies, and by the way, by the Putin wing of the Republican Party and others, you know, those American, you know, defense contractors, yeah, what about them? Thank goodness for them. It's American contractors, government, military contract, defense contractors. Thank goodness for them. No other country is anything like it. They have to steal information from these companies. It's called capitalism. Oh, they make a profit. What is it with these, these, these Putinites in our country? Yes, they make a profit. That's the nature of the beast. But Biden at the White House today, here he goes with his Marxist claptrap. Cut six, go. We understand Putin's war against the people of Ukraine is causing prices to rise. We get that. That's self-evident. But, 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 it's no excuse to exercise excessive price increases or padding profits or any kind of effort to exploit this situation. So, ladies and gentlemen, the oil companies that want to drill, all they have to do is drill on all the leases they've already gotten. Who's stopping them? You are, you dim-witted buffoon. No, 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 you don't understand. And they're now excessive profits. So it's the oil companies that are driving up the costs. Not Biden and his policies. And this is how the Marxist does what the Marxist does. Because most people even listening to me now, they have no soft spot in their heart for oil companies. So trash them. Attack them. And yet the oil companies are pawns in all of this. They have no say in energy policy in this administration. None. And then there's Elizabeth Warren. A true Marxist. Cut seven, go. So should Congress be monitoring profiteering? So here we have Andrea Mitchell, who's one of the biggest idiots in the media. I'm not not a Democrat. I'm I'm a journalist. No, you're not. You're a buffoon. Go ahead. So should Congress be monitoring profiteering? Absolutely, and actually we are. Uh, I'm co-sponsoring. Notice notice the question assumes profiteering. 
profiteering. They sound more like Putin than Putin. They really do, don't they? So attack our oil companies. Attack our energy companies. Attack our meat companies. Attack all these these private sector entities that are reeling under the Biden economy, that are reeling under the spending and the taxes and the redistribution of wealth, that are reeling under the regulations and the obstructions and the red tape. But it's their fault if there's shortages. It's their fault if prices go up. That is so... It's such a friggin' lie. I guess if I only had a podcast and I wasn't on uh, terrestrial radio, I could say what would really come out of my mouth, even though I do not use that word. Go ahead. White House and others. A bill Shut up, on- you idiot. You desperate attention getter. Again, I had to watch my mouth. Can anybody tell me what Elizabeth Warren contributes to this country? Anybody? What does she contribute to this country? Nothing. She's a nut. There's a lot more going on in this country. And so we're going to move on to a few other subjects. Like the United States Supreme Court. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court. And the destruction that is occurring in our electoral system. While America sleeps. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. Said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Joy Reid is a heartless, soulless person with ice water in her veins. This is what happens when racism takes over your life, which it has in her case. The old days, she used to attack gay people, people of other ethnicities, Jewish people. But now she's the voice for the downtrodden. But only the downtrodden who are black. She can't be the voice for all downtrodden. No. No. She only sees things a certain way. She is a very, very nasty person. When you see the horrors that occur, wherever it is, whatever continent, whatever color people are, whatever race... For most of us, it's appalling. It strikes a chord. And we are very, very upset about it. But not for Joy. 
Here she is on MSNBC yesterday. Cut 20, go. The world is paying attention because this is happening in Europe. If this was happening anywhere else, would we see the same outpouring of support and compassion? But we don't need to ask ourselves if the international response would be the same if Russia unleashed their horror on a country that wasn't white and largely Christian. Because Russia has already done it in Syria. Oh, really? And all those men and women who died in Iraq, all those men and women who died in Afghanistan, they were obviously fighting for white Christians. For white Christians. You're such a disgusting disgraceful person the idea that any network would put you on is just appalling you should be talking to yourself in a padded room go ahead this is a teachable moment for us in the media we aren't afraid to call out our own industry there is a lot of soul searching that we need to do in western media about why some wars and lives seem to matter more than others and why some are talking about what are you talking about russia invaded ukraine Should that not be covered? All those years, Mr. Producer, I talked about the slaughter of the black Christians in Sudan and Congo by the black Muslims. Remember all those years I talked about that? Does anybody know if Joy Reid ever spoke about that? The horrors that were taking place? The rapes and the slaughter and all the rest? I'm more than happy to discuss it. I've discussed it in the past. I don't know, did Joy Reid do a special on that, maybe? No. Go ahead. Get the welcome mat. Mm-hmm. Pretty disgusting. I assume we have the proper uh, bleeps in the next one, don't we, Mr. Producer? Colby Covington is a UFC fighter, a great UFC fighter, somebody I love to watch, as a matter of fact. This is one tough young man. And much of the UFC, in fact, much of the MMA is quite conservative and Republican, just so you know. Not all, but a lot of it. A lot of them love Donald Trump, too. Colby Covington at a press conference on Saturday after he won his fight. Hat tip rumble, cut 21, go. Mr. 45, President Trump, greatest living American and greatest president in history, man. The things he did for this country... All you liberals out there that say he didn't, look, look at inflation. Look at you know, our open borders. Our, our country is going right now without him. So we need him back in 2024, Trump 2024, and, and you know he's going to come back and, and make America great again. Wow. How about that? Bryce Mitchell's another UFC fighter. He was at a press conference Saturday, too. Why Saturday? Because that's when their big fight was. All of them. It's when the card... I liked it a lot better when you can just directly buy it at pay-per-view rather than through ESPN, quite frankly. It was more reliable, but here we are. Should we listen to this too, Mr. Producer? You have the bleeps as needed. Cut 22, go. Here's my first thought is I'm not going nowhere to fight none of these wars for these politicians. I'm staying at home, and when the war comes to Arkansas, I will dig my boots in the ground, and I will die for everything I love, and I will not retreat. If this country's invaded... And everybody's saying, well, we got to we got to evacuate. We got to leave. We got I will not. I will dig my boots in the Arkansas soil and I will fight for the people that I love, for the land that I love and the way of life that I love. But I'm not going overseas to fight. I don't know what's going on. 
To be honest, brother, I really don't. There's so much stuff, and I don't think nobody knows what's going on fully. There's been so much political corruption in that area. You got Biden and his son making a ton of money off of uh, and using our tax dollars to bribe their people. That's treasonous, in my opinion. Uh, so you got Hunter Biden and his son using our tax dollars. Hey, if, if Ukrainian government, if you don't do this, we're taking your tax dollars. He shouldn't be giving our tax dollars to that country anyway. We got veterans out here sleeping on the street, and you're going to give our freaking tax dollars to these Ukrainians. and all the, I, Brother, I don't know what's going on over there, but I'm not going over there and fighting, and God bless anybody that's over there fighting, and I hope that this just gets solved. And Man, I don't like war. You know what I mean? I don't want people dying and all that stuff. I don't want to be... But I don't know what's going on. There's so much stuff that I think... It's corrupted. I guess they were asked questions about this, kind of oddly. I like the part where he talks about Biden and Hunter Biden. He's got that. He knows more about that than the New York Times and the Washington Post care to report. All right, we've got a powerful hour left. Don't leave us. Be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Let's see. All right. The United States Supreme Court, ladies and gentlemen, has become a disaster. We conservatives take all the heat for this court because they say it's a 6-3 to three conservative court. This is what Andrea Mitchell, the New York Slimes, and all the other reprobates dressed up as journalists report. Because you see, six of them were nominated by Republican presidents. Therefore, they're conservatives. Now, you and I know that's a lie. How do we know that's a lie? Because we have real-world examples. One after another after another, going way back to many of these justices. The fact is that John Roberts, the chief, of, the chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court, is a phony and a fraud. He posed as an originalist, but he has become suitorized. 
Suterai. Uh, he believes that he is leading something bigger than a court, and he is interested in his legacy. And he's become mush, absolute mush. His opinions are incoherent. There's no coherent pattern to anything he's written, and this is what happens when you're unmoored from the Constitution itself. I call him Hollywood John because that's what he wants. He wants publicity as a moderating force, you see, on the court, as a really profound chief justice. He's not a profound chief justice. He's a profoundly idiotic chief justice. Then you have... uh, the two other justices that were appointed by Trump. And uh, what's interesting to me, I got these calls from a federal judge who I knew a long time, a friend of mine. I will not embarrass him. He kept telling me, Mark, Kavanaugh is one of us. Mark, Kavanaugh is a concern. Why don't you like Kavanaugh? Kavanaugh, I never liked Kavanaugh. I didn't like what was done to him either, but I never liked him. Why? Because he had no record that was discernible in terms of his originalism, and he sat on that court for 15 years. And he had worked for Bush. So, you know, suspect immediately. And what is he? He's a disaster. Let's just be honest. He is a disaster. He comes up with these excuses. Oh, it's too close to the election to really rule this way, and so on. I'll get to what they've done. And yet the biggest disappointment is not Roberts, it's not Kavanaugh, it's Barracconi. Right, Mr. Producer? Yes, Coney Barrett, I'll call her Barrett Coney. I just think it sounds better. Oh, there she was. We're going to fight to the bitter end to get her right before the end of the Trump presidency, boy. The Federalist Society lined up behind her. I thought she was solid based on what they were saying, based on her, her, uh, her record as a scholar and this, that, and the other, as a judge. Oh, she's terrific. What a complete loser. What a complete loser. She's into making her legacy, too. A legacy builder. And she's become... Invisible. She's invisible on the court. Clarence Thomas, Sam Alito, and Neil Gorsuch. These are the top justices on the court. And Thomas and Alito are the superstars. And Gorsuch, I hope, is getting there. And as they point out, right scoop, our buddy, The Supreme Court has once again failed to do the right thing, rejecting requests by Republicans in both North Carolina and Pennsylvania to block congressional maps issued by the state courts that circumvented their majorities in each state. This from NBC News. The Supreme Court on Monday shot down emergency appeals from Republicans in North Carolina and Pennsylvania who sought to block redistricting maps selected by state courts. Now, here's the deal. You see, the state legislatures, ladies and gentlemen, are Republican, and these state courts are Democrat. And these state courts act like many Politburos or legislatures. 
And yet, because they have positions as judges, and they adjudicate, and have a judicial review, they are thwarting the will of the state legislatures and the people. And that's okay, because the U.S. Supreme Court does the same thing. Legislators in both states typically draw the congressional maps. But lawsuits challenging them prompted state courts to intervene and establish new district boundaries that are considered wins for Democrats. This is NBC News. Now, raise your hand if you think a single legislature of any of the state adopting legislatures, a single convention, would have adopted a constitution which empowered the courts to trump or thwart the state legislatures in setting political, congressional, and state boundaries for state races. How many of you think a single legislature would have gone along with that? Not one. Not a single one would have gone, uh, gone, uh, gone with that. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court chose a map submitted to the state court by Democratic voters. It was a map, I am told, that was developed by... You got it, Mark Elias. After voters sued over the Republican-controlled legislature and the Democrat governor's inability to agree on a map. So Democrat voters, quote-unquote, sued the state legislature, challenged the map that they come up with, and the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania sides with the Democrat voters. And it just so happens those same Democrat voters put them in power. That is, put them in the majority. Because the state Supreme Court is elected in Pennsylvania. In North Carolina, the state Supreme Court led a nonpartisan panel of experts, which I'm told is not nonpartisan, draw a new map after concluding the Republican state legislature's map violated the state constitution by favoring Republican voters because you're only allowed to favor Democrat voters. The new maps are expected to benefit, this is NBC News, benefit Democrats more than those proposed by the Republican-controlled state legislatures. In Pennsylvania, the U.S. Supreme Court declined to issue an injunction in an order published without any opinions, allowing the case to continue in federal court. Gorsuch, Alito, and Thomas all wanted to take the case in North Carolina, saying this issue needs to be resolved. This was a good time to do it. Kavanaugh thought it was too close to the election to be ruling on such issues. In the North Carolina case, Thomas Alito and Gorsuch said in a dissenting opinion that they wanted to take the case. This case presents an exceptionally important and recurring question of constitutional law, namely the extent of a state court's authority to reject rules adopted by a state legislature for use in conducting federal elections, Alito said, writing for the three We will have to resolve this question sooner or later, and the sooner we do so, the better. This case presented a good opportunity to consider the issue, but unfortunately the court has again found the occasion inopportune. And then again, here's Kavanaugh's signal and openness to addressing the issue in North Carolina. said it was too close to the election. What a dummy. Well, what do you think? It's not going to be close to the election. It's always close to the election, you idiot. Every 10 years after the census. Both states have good-sized Republican majorities in both houses, writes Right Scoop, but because the state courts are run by liberals, Democrats win the day. 
because they're on the same side, despite the will of the voters in each state. Now, in these states, they're also, remember, rejiggering the state house and state senate seats. And it is so bad what was done in Pennsylvania, so bad, that even though the Republicans have a majority in, in the legislature now, they're likely to lose it. That's the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania. And the Supreme Court of the United States did nothing. And today, the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, cocky as all, because it knows its decisions will never be heard by the U.S. Supreme Court, based on what that Supreme Court is up to, they were berating, berating the counsel in the case that challenged the violation of the state constitution when it came to this Act 77, which in so many words amended the state constitution without going through the amendment process after all these decades. It's got one of the oldest constitutions in the country, and it was violated. So the state Supreme Court justices, all elected, majority Democrats, five to two, were trashing the party up there that was trying to defend the constitution of Pennsylvania. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. One of the many reasons I like Mike Lee, and I'm thankful he's a senator, is because he's a man who's earnest, very decent, and has enormous integrity. Mike and I don't agree on everything, but we agree on most things, but not everything. It's much like Scalia and Thomas. They come at it from an earnest position, they did, in terms of interpreting the Constitution, but you might have a different result. That's okay. But if you come at it because you want to burn it down and remake America, and that's a whole nother story. You'd agree with me on that, right, Mike? Absolutely. And Always. so that matters. It, it, it matters how you approach it. Now, I have yeah. a couple of questions for you. I wanted to bring Senator Lee on. I keep hearing about the Democrats want to vote on a budget on Friday. And I'm hearing precious little from the Republican leadership, Mitch McConnell and so forth, raising objections. It's another one of these 2,000 pages omnibus bills. I don't have any idea what's in it. My listeners don't have any idea what's in it. We don't even know exactly when this vote's going to take place. They don't run these things through committees. Our press doesn't give a damn anymore. This is no way to run a republic, is it, Mike Lee? No, no, it most certainly is not. And what's worse, Mark? We're being told, we're already being guilt-tripped in advance, saying you better not slow this down, because if you slow it down, you'll be blamed for a government shutdown. If you slow it down, you'll be blamed for the Ukrainians not getting relief that they need. You'll be blamed for anyone not getting stuff that they would otherwise get from this bill. If you slow it down, they haven't even given us the bill yet. We have not seen bill text. We don't know what's in it. We don't know how much it spends. We don't really know anything about it, and it's 2,000 pages long, and it spends well over a trillion dollars, I'm, sh- I'm sure. And so the fact that they're already putting pressure on us to vote for something we've never seen is not acceptable. What is the point of a United States Senate? And the truth is, none of the senators know what the hell's in this bill. What is the point of a United States Senate when the leaders of either party 
when the deputy leaders of the party, when the chairman of the committee, when the ranking members of the committees, when the members of the Senate really don't have an idea of what's in that bill. What's the point? Yeah, that is a very, very fair question. Now, look, there, there are, are good things that the Senate can still do when it's not doing bad things, and there are things other than spending bills. But I will tell you this, when it comes to spending bills, both parties have been very, very bad. And they're very bad because they continue to go along with this model in which a small handful, I mean a very sm- small handful, we're talking three or four members of Congress, get together and put together this bill in secret, in private. They decide where all the spending goes, and then everybody else is just expected to follow along. They're shamed if they don't do it. They're guilt-tripped into doing it, in some cases maybe threatened uh, in political terms, not physical, uh, uh, not physical terms. And then they vote for it. Now, this continues to work. This works really well for those who are involved in that process. It makes the top-level leadership of both parties and both houses very powerful and very important. It's really bad for everyone else, especially bad for the American people. But, you know, they'll continue to do this as long as it works. And it will continue to work as long as enough Republicans and Democrats vote for it every time. But, you know, Mark, that's how we get to be $30 trillion in debt. That's how we get a government that's so bloated that it's imposing $2 trillion in regulatory compliance costs on the American economy every year. And, and shame on Republicans for being a part of that process. Part of the process. In some cases, they lead this process, and they don't much care. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot. The problem is the leadership. The problem is um, both parties, uh, in many respects, work together on this. And uh, then they're told people won't get their Social Security checks, which is a lie. People won't get their Medicare checks, which is a lie. These are carved out. They're actually separate, theoretically, anyway. Military won't get paid. That's carved out statutorily. And they go on and on and on. I remember Paul Ryan, when he used to tell the truth, was on this program about a decade or two ago. And what he said, Senator Lee, is uh, when the government shuts down, quote-unquote, it's about 17% of the government. The rest of it remains open and the checks keep flowing. Right. It keeps going, and yet every time they threaten to accuse those members of Congress who dare vote against it, perhaps because they haven't seen it, or perhaps because it spends too much, they threaten those people with being blamed for a government shutdown and then describe the shutdown in these apocalyptic terms. And it's, it's really wrong. And by the way, it's one of the reasons why they end up putting bad things in it. But it's also one of the reasons why I've started pushing back uh, Chip Roy and I and a small handful of, uh, of, of other Republicans in the House and in the Senate started pushing back, saying, no, we're not going to help you with this process. We're not going to consolidate time. We're not going to make it easier for it to pass this fast unless you at least let us vote on a spending uh, on an amendment to the spending bill to defund the unconstitutional vaccine mandates. And I, I've insisted on this with each spending bill that we've had since the uh, vaccine mandate. Wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me there's still there's still federal vaccine mandates there are there are they rolled back the osha one that applied to the broadest number of people but there are still vaccine mandates in place federally that apply to those who work for government contractors whether they're actually working on a government contract or not they work for a company that has any government contracts or if they work for a healthcare company that does any work with medicare and medicaid which i 
think most healthcare companies do, or if you're a federal employee or if you're a military employee. Those are still there. They're still threatening good, hardworking men and women, moms and dads, telling them, if you do not bow to presidential medical orthodoxy, we will render you unemployed and unemployable. And that's wrong. Just unbelievable. Mike Lee, when we come back, I want to know about your reelection effort. I want to know what's taking place. A lot of people don't understand how one runs in the primary system in the state of Utah. It's unique to me. It's uh, actually a very good system. And so I want to go over that with you, uh, who your opponents are, if there are opponents, who's endorsed you, if there are endorsements. I'd be curious to know about that. Fair enough? Fair enough. Looking forward to it. All right. When we come back, Senator Mike Lee of Utah. We'll be right back. Fan Show, the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now, 877-381-3811. Senator Mike Lee of Utah, a great constitutionalist. Uh, Senator Lee, tell us where things stand in terms of uh, primary or convention or re-election in the state of Utah. Well, it's interesting. Tonight is caucus night in Utah for any of your listeners in, in Utah. You should go to your precinct caucus tonight. You can find out where your caucus meets. It starts at 7 p.m. Uh, uh, mountain time. You can find that at precinctportal.org. Tonight what happens is in a couple thousand precinct locations around the state, they'll elect a total of 4,000 delegates to the state convention. That convention will be held April 23rd, and at that convention they'll vote on the, I think there are five Republican candidates running for the U.S. Senate this year. They'll have multiple rounds. They'll eliminate one at a time until they get to the last ballot. And if on the last ballot, any one candidate has 60% plus one, they'll be the official nominated candidate out of convention. And uh, they won't have to face a primary unless any of them collect 28,000 signatures between now and then, in which case they'll go to a primary on June 28th. That's it in a nutshell. It's a little more complicated than, than I'd prefer, but uh, we're ready to go and we're fighting. But we've also got staunch opposition and uh, well-funded opposition, uh, people who take a different approach than I do and you do to the Republican Party. And uh, in the Republican Party, who are your, your biggest contenders? Are you able to tell? Yeah, yeah. My biggest contenders within the Republican primary are Ali Isom and Becky Edwards. Um, we don't know as, as much about their policy views. Um, but we do know that they criticized me for being too friendly to President Trump, too aggressively conservative, and not saying yes enough. Uh, I've been criticized widely by that from them. Becky Edwards, at least, had the most liberal voting record of any Republican in the Utah legislature while she was there, and uh, takes many positions that are far more commonly held by Democrats. And so it'll be interesting to see how Republican voters react to her in a statewide race, She's well-organized. She's well-funded. She's raised over $750,000, I think, for this race. Uh, but on the other hand, her views are pretty strongly opposed to core values of the Republican Party. And is she being backed by the Republican establishment? No, not at the moment. Some within the establishment, but the establishment as a whole hasn't gotten behind her yet. I, I, I don't think that'll happen. It could. You never know. Uh, but, you know, she, she's taken some positions that would be hard to defend in a Republican primary. For example, 
when she was in the legislature, she voted against a bill that was there to target Down syndrome babies from being selectively aborted based on their Down syndrome status. That's not something that Republicans like. That's not the kind of thing a Republican wants in terms of a U.S. senator. And so um, this is going to be of concern. It will be a, a, an issue that will come up in the discussions and not something that will serve her well in the Republican convention or primary. Now, uh, in terms of the Republican establishment, are you getting any support from that? Uh, some, yes, but there, there's a catch. There's a catch. I've got an independent challenger, an independent challenger named Evan McMullen. Ah, uh, never Trumper. Uh, and, and Evan McMullen came forward and started running. Now, he used to be a Republican. And from what I can tell, he hasn't stated a lot of policy positions yet, other than that he really dislikes me because he really dislikes Trump. Um, but he hasn't stated a lot of policy positions. But a significant amount of his funding and his backers are coming from Democrats. And uh, uh, a significant amount of his non-democratic uh, support base is coming from the Lincoln Project. Uh, ah. uh, not exactly uh, a wing of the party that is known for its fidelity to conservative principles. Uh, and, but he, he wants people to, to view him as somebody who could be mostly conservative, but can just say yes a little bit more often uh, than I do. And so, look, if, if that's what the voters want, that's what they will get. But so far, he's going out there saying all sorts of things that aren't true, uh, uh, running ads that say things like uh, uh, somehow helped Vladimir Putin, um, uh, which is really odd. Um, uh, absolutely no regard of, of, for the, the uh, untruthfulness of his statements. And uh, it could get ugly. When somebody's that detached from the facts, if somebody's that desperate to get elected, that they will attack another human being and say things that aren't true without apparently any effort to verify their accuracy. You wonder what they will do in office. You wonder, oh, yeah. and yet we already know. And he uses these Stalinist tactics to accuse you of being close to yes. Putin. You know, they pulled that stuff with Trump. He was close to Putin. And now we know it was all a lie. This guy uh, worked most of his time on Capitol Hill. He was the guy they turned to to run as an independent. Some of these Republican establishment types, National View types, try to rally around him. They have no attachment to reality. None whatsoever. And so they raise a ton of money. They run these brutal ads. They're always negative. They have nothing positive to say about themselves, Mike. Have you noticed that? Yes, yes. Nothing positive to say about themselves. Nothing positive to say about their agenda. It's just a nonstop attack, an attack that they're not even content with using the truth to attack. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that, that's a concern. Look, he's raised, he raised over a million dollars in the last quarter. I, I have it on good authority that he's got a super PAC that's lining up behind him that's going to have a million dollars. And I, I've got to be ready because he's going to be aiming that fire at me even as I'm facing two primary election opponents. And that's why I, I, I'd love it. Anyone within the sound of my voice is willing to help out with my campaign. I'm a solid constitutional conservative. I don't think you'll, have, you'll find anyone in the U.S. Senate who's got a better record as a constitutional conservative uh, than me. If you're concerned about Keeping uh, constitutional conservatives in the Senate, I, I'd appreciate if, if your listeners would go to leeforsenate.com and, uh, and support my campaign. We can use all the help we can get. 
We can't even have five constitutional conservatives in the Senate. You know, that's just too many, Mike. It's too many. We can't have right. that. Once it's again. too many for Evan McMullen. He doesn't want Oh, yeah. Him. Evan McMullen of the famous McMullen. Actually, nothing that I can think of. Uh, Mike well, Lee, so. Egg McMuffin yeah. might be the name. Yeah, yeah. Now, remind everybody tonight what they should do in Utah. Okay, in Utah, uh, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 19 minutes from now, your precinct caucus is going to start. It's usually within a few blocks of your home. You can find out where your precinct caucus meets at precinctportal.org. And then after you do that, go to my website, leeforsenate.com, and uh, support my campaign because I really need it. These guys are coming with both barrels, and I need your help. So if you live in Utah and you're... One of us, conservative. You want to go to precinctportal.com and see where you can go and participate. It's very, very important that you do that. People ask me, what can I do, Mark? You can do that. Around the rest of the country, MikeLee.com. Is that what you said, or Mike Lee for Senate? LeeforSenate.com. LeeforSenate.com. So LeeforSenate.com. LeeforSenate.com, America. is very, very important. Very, very important. You may not agree on every issue. You don't agree with me on every issue. That's okay. As long as you know people have integrity in the way they're thinking things out, ways that we agree with them, share the same values and morals, and he does. So it's LeeForSenate.com, LeeForSenate.com. Mr. Producer, flop that up there, if you will, okay? And, uh, Mike Lee, we wish you all the best tonight. Thanks so much, Mark. You're the best. God bless you. God bless America. You take care of yourself. Mike and I agree on a lot. Sometimes we disagree, but I will tell you this. You will not meet a better, more decent human being. He's easy to talk to. There's, uh, he's, uh, he's a down-to-earth gentleman. He's a family man. He loves this country. He's exactly the kind of person who's supposed to be serving in the United States Senate. Now, what he hasn't told you, what I've delved into here, and he didn't tell me either. Mr. Producer, didn't we look to see if Mitt Romney has endorsed him? You didn't see anything. Well, guess what? I've been looking all day, and I didn't see anything. Ladies and gentlemen, Mitt Romney has not endorsed his fellow Republican senator. If he has, it's news to me. It's the best-kept secret in America. I haven't seen it. I mean that. I have not seen it. Now, I would vote twice for Mike Lee then, wouldn't you, Rich? But that's that said, see, these unity Republican rhino types, it's only unity to the left. They only embrace Democrats or radical media, Black Lives Matter. This is Romney. When it comes with somebody who's very decent and so forth, they may di- disagree with them on a number of issues and so forth, that's a bridge too far. Romney's a schmuck. He's always been a schmuck. He's a chameleon. When he's in Massachusetts, he's pro-abortion. When he's running for the Republican nomination, he's pro-life. Guy gets elected governor of Massachusetts and senator from Utah. So you know he lied to the people of Massachusetts to become governor, and he lied to the people of Utah to become a senator. He couldn't run on the same agenda. They're two completely different states. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Hey, 
XM Satellite, Mount Juliet, Tennessee. David, go right ahead, my friend. Mark, you're absolutely worth the two-hour wait. I was on hold for you. I appreciate oh, what you do goodness. for our country and your knowledge of the Constitution. Um, I studied a book uh, 40 years ago on econ in college. I don't believe it. I think it was my sophomore or uh, junior year. It was called The Real War by Richard Milhouse Nixon. Oh, yeah. There is one sentence in there, and I think you know the answer to it, the equation of the Schwartz formula. Internal Go. disorder, add to that external entanglements. Add those two together, and then you multiply the two by the threat of nuclear war, and what do you get? Surrender. Mm-hmm. That was Nixon's preface for this book. And I think we're here now in a greater sense of danger because who we have as a president compared to who we had as a president back then when the book was relevant. It's even more relevant today, and it's more scary and more dangerous because of Biden's weakness. I'd like Mm -hmm. to get your thoughts. I think there's a lot to that. I actually think Nixon was no fool, particularly when it came to foreign policy, and he knew how to play the Chinese against the Russians and the Indians against the Pakistanis, quite frankly. Um, so uh, even though even though establishment of Washington hated his guts, and even though he was said to be unprincipled, <clears throat> when, it came to, when it came to many issues, particularly in the foreign policy field, he understood Marxism. You know, he, he chased down the Marxists when he was a congressman, and they never, and, and, and when he ran for the Senate, and they never let him forget it. So they were they were committed to destroying him no matter what. And yet I would argue that the things he did didn't come close to the things they did to Donald Trump, no matter how much that slob Bernstein and that uh, impediment um, uh, Woodward are on TV promoting themselves and so forth. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And the fact that we're at war with ourselves and we have a two out of the last three presidents didn't care what the constitution said they they're riding shotgun all over it mm-hmm. and the fact that we've got the covid we've got uh, what's going on in re- ukraine um, and we have a weak president there's nothing more you can say in a weak vice president i mean that they would sooner surrender they're more than, than a weak they are accommodationists but uh, i want to thank you for your call very intelligent I appreciate it, my friend. Who's next, Mr. Producer? Sirius Satellite, Tim in Indianapolis, Indiana. How are you, sir? I'm good, Hello. sir. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I know I don't have much time. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I know I don't have very much time. Um, I came to the United States in 91 as a political refugee from Israel. And um, by age 17, I had become a naturalized citizen, made some mistakes in my life in my early 20s. I left college a little too early. Uh, the last three years have been just uh, just breaking for me. Uh, I've been able to develop some wealth for my daughter and I. I'm a single father here in Indianapolis. And I, I just want to tell you, sir, in the almost two years I've been listening to you, you've been, really been... Uh, a beacon of light for me. I've listened to you religiously every single day and on 
uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin every Sunday. And just want to say thank you so much for what you're doing. Uh, you are building an army of freedom fighters. Uh, my personal tally is 28 people that voted for Biden that will never vote for a Democrat again that I've engaged in conversations with in my personal Isn't life. Isn't that amazing? Listen, man, I really appreciate your call, and I really appreciate your kindness. I really do. And you hang in there. Hang in there, brother. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our trucker friends, and our freedom fighter friends in Ukraine. God bless you all. We're all blessed to have each other here in America, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) 